You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Before we begin this week's episode, we would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, the traditional custodians of this land on which we work, live, and record, and recognize their continuing connection to land, water, and community. We pay respect to elders past, present, and emerging. Hi guys, it's just Tori popping in really quickly before the episode starts to say we spoke a lot on mental health in this episode and right now with the state of everything and in the arts, we're all feeling a bit uneasy. If you ever need to talk to someone, we've listed some great resources in our episode details as well as on our social media, such as Lifeline, Headspace, Beyond Blue, as well as just checking in on each other. Never be afraid to speak up and speak out. After all, no one deserves to be forgotten. Enjoy the episode. Yes. Hi everyone and welcome back to PS Meet Me at Stage Door. Today we are so excited to be bringing you a brand new deep dive into Dear Evan Hansen. But before we jump into it, over to Libby for the bulletin. <clears throat> so um it's actually Tori again. Unfortunately, Libby is really sick and has lost her voice, so I'll be doing the bulletin for today. It has been announced this week that the 2020 Tony Awards will be going ahead and transitioning to an online live show this year. Although there has not yet been a confirmed date, the American Theatre Wing is aiming to stream at the end of October. We cannot wait to see who will take out the Tonys this year and what they have in store for the live streamed awards. In exciting news for the Aussie theatre community, Sydney Theatre Company has announced their plans to return to the stage with a COVID-safe, socially distanced performance of Angus Serini's Wanagata, starring Wayne Blair and Hugo Weaving at the Roslyn Packer Theatre from the 21st of September 2020. The excitement doesn't stop there as they have planned performances of Rules for Living and The Picture of Dorian Gray later in 2020. So make sure to keep your eyes and ears peeled for any further news on those shows. If you have been missing seeing main stage musicals, get ready because on November 24th, 2020, Pippin, the Tony Award winning show will be coming to the Sydney Lyric Theatre for a strictly limited run. Full of extraordinary acrobats, wonderful magical feats and soaring songs from Stephen Schwartz. We cannot wait to see this incredible John Frost production. Tickets are on sale now. But that's it for the bulletin for this week. Back over to me, I guess. 
All right, so for today's deep dive, we actually put it out to you guys and we did a little bit of a poll to see what you guys would be interested to hear us talk about. And unanimously, you guys voted for Dear Evan Hansen. So just a little bit of background. So obviously today we're going to be discussing the hit Broadway musical Dear Evan Hansen. So of course, be warned, there are going to be spoilers in this. So if you haven't seen the show already and you're not interested in spoilers, well you have been warned. (laughs) So the show was nominated for nine Tony Awards, which it won six of, including Best Actor in a Musical, as well as Best Musical. The story centers around a senior student, Evan, who struggles being an outsider and longs to fit in with his fellow peers. Through a series of unfortunate events, Evan finds himself in a web of lies as he fabricates a relationship with Connor, a recently deceased student who took his own life. Connor's family discover a letter not intended to be read by anyone other than Evan and mistakes it for a friendship. Thus begins this string of misunderstandings. In a way, this is where the story really starts. The show tackles a myriad of different topics, which has made it one of the most talked about shows in recent years. So I guess we've kind of pretty much the way that we do these, we've got a list of kind of things that we want to talk about and we're just going to pretty much chat with each other about it. There's going to be stuff that we agree on, stuff that we disagree on. And obviously we want to hear what you guys think about our opinions about the show as Mm. well. So I guess a good starting point to kind of talk about is something that the show does, you know, have um, a center around, which is the mental health of it all. So, you know, a few things being obviously you have Connor, who does take his life quite early in the show. And of course, you have Evan, who struggles with um, an social anxiety disorder. Something we are going to talk about a little bit later on is if there is there another thing underlying that social anxiety disorder. But the show really does center around mental health, social media. There are a lot of things that go into this show that made it such an impactful show, not only for a younger generation, but just for... I think everyone, I think everyone in this show can find something to relate to, whether it be in Evan, in Alana, in Zoe, in Connor, in Heidi even. There is just something to relate to, the family dynamics. I think the thing that makes this show really connect to such a young audience, especially people our age, I think Evan is a really interesting character because the way that they wrote the show... Evan's anxiety is very realistic. It's more a realistic interpretation of anxiety in a lot of ways because there's always that, um, you know, those shows that kind of do, oh, I'm really nervous and like I'm I'm kind of jittery to meet that, that guy or that's how they show anxiety. Yeah. It's very like fake and it's almost just like put on. Whereas I think what Dear Evan Hansen does so well and why it was so successful in that way is that it shows mental health in a more realistic way on stage that I think has never been done in a musical as as well. I think you have um, Next to Normal, for example, yeah. which is um, tackles mental health, but it's not from a young person's perspective. Um, and I think it, that it, mental... Well, don't forget it well, is because I mean, you have kinda. Natalie as well. Um, and I think the important thing to remember is, yeah, I, I do agree. I think Evan does show quite a realistic and, and the extremes of anxiety. The fact that 
you know, Heidi does everything she can to help him. And, you know, he does see a therapist. She He has exercises that Heidi really wants him to do. Um, and while that's all, you know, really good and it's good that she is helping him, there's also this feeling of, um, like, if you do these things, anxiety will just go away. And that's not how anxiety works. Mm. It's something that will stay with you pretty much for your entire life. And yes, it will have its, you know, its ebbs and flows, days where it will be easier, days where it will be harder, months, years, where you will barely feel the sting of anxiety. But I think the important thing to remember as well is that everybody experiences anxiety in a different way. So for some people, it is that more outward, jittery feeling. Others, it's much more suppressed and inward and it might express itself through tics and things like that. So I just think that that Which is, is definitely important. what he does. Yeah. And that's kind of also where it kind of leads into, is there something underlying his um, social anxiety? Could there be um, a deeper disorder? Anxiety, um, anxiety and depression are already very heavy um, mental health issues to go through as it is um but is there something underlying like i've read a few articles online possibly he has asperger's and this was coming this article that i read it was actually coming from someone who themselves has asperger's and when they saw the show it made them think that that's possibly how he was being portrayed to have you know he has that social anxiety disorder but there's possibly another underlying disorder that helps feed it because anxiety is also a symptom of Asperger's as well. So I just think that's kind of an interesting thing that is not necessarily written in words anywhere, but it could be an underlying thing. And again, that could just be how that particular actor chooses to portray the character. We don't know the inner workings yeah, that's what of I was thinking. what the creative team necessarily decided or what the actors decided in their creative process. But it's an interesting concept to think about because he does have the tics and the little mannerisms and again that can be a symptom not a symptom sorry that can be something to do with anxiety um but there obviously are other disorders out there that could also be an underlying issue for evan that kind of helps with that not helps but you know it adds to that build up and i think the thing that makes um evan such an interesting character like as an actor i think it'd be so interesting to play him because you can go in a different direction i feel like he's a character that you really can mold to what you think um are his issues and what what do you think he's driven by you know especially because it is definitely strongly suggested that he also tries to hurt himself or take his life it's quite strongly suggested mm-hmm. that he does that. I find it quite interesting to figure out what what like what made him do that. And I think the family dynamics is a quite an interesting one for that yeah. because in I've read I've read that he almost did that because he was seeking attention from his mum because his mum is never there she loves him so much but yeah she's really not there for him and he feels so alone like he feels he says like yeah. I was so alone and that's why I did it and so it's a really interesting um it's an interesting place to look at what what drives him and why why he's done the things that he's done because then you kind of understand a lot more in act two because in act one which I find really really cool is that in the writing they never say 
what Evan's like family situation is like for example they don't really tell you why the dad left or like that he left or like does he see his dad does he not see his dad things like that they kind of teeter on the edge of like you know what what the family situation is like but it's not till act two that you realize that um Mm. all of that has affected him and also it's all to do with how Evan plays it which is really interesting because it's not specifically said any of this happens but you are alluded to it because it's how the actor plays it rather than what physically is written in the script it's actually more what what the actor Mm -hmm. chooses to do with his mannerisms and things I think I I totally agree about um you know he does feel very lonely like his his mom does love him and she tries so hard to support him and make these taco nights and things like that but then also he does have the pressure of losing his dad well his dad leaving and again like you said that's not something that's touched on really until act two and in so big so small i think that's the song title Mm. i think also though from does anybody have a map you kind of get this feeling that heidi is struggling because it kind of feels like she has to be and again this is my interpretation it feels like she has to be everything for evan she has to be mom she has to be dad she has to be friend because you know he doesn't really have a lot of friends really the only friend he has is jared and that's a family friend they're not really necessarily like the best of buds but then you also have you know you see heidi and they still seem relatively happy though together as a family as the two of them and then you go over and you see a full family with zoe Mm. and connor and you see the mum and dad you see kind of a full family picture but then you do see how dysfunctional they are from the get-go. I agree. I think it's been it and I also think it's really interesting how they have approached the mother figure in this show. Because mm-hmm. in Does Anyone Have a Map, I think it really does I mean, both you and I have been working as nannies and like full-time nannies during yeah. COVID. And honestly, like spending an entire day with a three-year-old all the time you go you don't know what you're doing and I've seen those kind of roles that are placed on women and I think that it's really interesting how the how they word it is very contemporary and it's more realistic of how I feel like women do feel in those mother roles like I don't know what I'm doing I'm trying everything I'm trying so hard and I still feel like I'm failing because I feel Mm -hmm. like so many mothers feel that way they feel like they're doing everything they can possibly do but it's still not enough yeah and you definitely do like you said you definitely really do get that feel from the get-go in does anybody have a map because you know it's like another masterful attempt ends with disaster another cup of coffee and watch it all crash and burn it's a struggle it's a maze like it's they're they're talking about they just want to do right by the kids they want to be a good mother they want to you know be lenient but still be strict but not be the bad guy but be there for them and do what's going to be right for them and I think every parent all go through that, especially, you know, especially I think the teenage years is always probably going to be one of the hardest (laughs) because it's when they're forming their own opinions and you don't want to necessarily form them for them, but you want to make sure that they're being safe and that they're careful, that they're being their own person. It's that constant battle and you do really feel that. Um, So I think the, the dynamics of the two different families and I wouldn't say that... Evan's family is poor, but um, 
Connor and Zoe's yeah. family is definitely a bit more well off. And that probably comes from the fact that, you know, the dad works very hard. Um, and you do see that um, in later in the show as well, when he's having this interaction with Evan, that you can see that he worked so, so hard when Connor was young that he maybe didn't quite get to have that same connection with Connor because mm. he wanted to be there to support his family. And again, that's another struggle that people go through that Heidi goes through as well. It's like being there to support your family financially, but also being there for them emotionally and, you know, being able to spend that time. It's work-life balance is can be really hard for for single parents and, you know, parents working together alike. Exactly. And I think what is really interesting is when they you know when they do that whole social media part and it's where they the suicide note itself gets public uh, published mm-hmm. and then everyone kind of like goes crazy and there's all these like threats and things like that one of the things that I noticed when that was like cause you know it's kind of a jumble of like people yeah and what they yeah. say um I noticed that someone said that like they're so rich why couldn't they spend more of their money on helping their son It was something along those lines. And I was like, that really hit me because I was like, it it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you come from or what you have. Like, I think that they did try. And I think like Heidi tries too. And you can see that even though you can try so hard, sometimes it just doesn't work. I mean, I think, you know, I I definitely know a lot of people who have been to psychologists and things like that. And some work really well for them and then some don't. Mm -hmm. And if you just get someone who just doesn't work for you, it's not like, it's like finding the right, it's like finding the right life partner. You've got to find the right psychologist for you. (laughs) Well, no, it's, it's totally true. And also making that step to begin with to talk to someone is one of the hardest things. Like from personal experience, that was a super uncomfortable thing for me to do because I don't want to share that information and I don't want to share those thoughts and that I want to keep that to Mm. myself. And I definitely feel that Connor was like that. Maybe he, you know, we all kind of sometimes feel, oh, we can't talk to such and such or we can't talk to our parents. They won't get it, Mm. but they will. And I think that that is a bit of a struggle, but money does not fix all the problems in the world you could have all the money in the world talk to the best psychologist and still suffer from depression and anxiety because it's not just a curable thing it's just not how it works so the important thing is like you said libby you have to find someone that you're comfortable with and it's like it is like finding a life partner it's trial and error (laughs) and you know, going to psychologists for a couple of appointments and being like, this is great. This person really does understand me. It's really helping me. Or going to a psychologist and going, ah, I just, I don't feel a proper connection to this person. I don't feel comfortable. Or, you know, I've even had people saying, you know, that their psychologist made them feel degraded and just it didn't necessarily make Ugh. them feel whole as a person. So it is definitely a trial and error thing. And money does not necessarily is not the be all end all of you know helping mental health issues all these things that you can read behind the lines of this story that maybe he was kind of was seeking help maybe he wasn't because they say um especially the parents say like i thought he was getting better like we thought he was getting better so it's like 
I don't know if he was seeing anyone or if he wasn't, but that family dynamic is definitely an interesting one in the show. And I think we could talk for days about oh, that because oh, it's most definitely there is just so many things. But I think something that I really want to touch on, and we kind of already did, but social media and its impact that mm. it has. And I actually have this quote from one of the creative team when they were talking about their use of social media in the show. So they said, we all noticed a really fascinating, bizarre phenomenon of public grieving on social media. Whether a celebrity would die or something really tragic would happen, there was this outpouring online of people kind of making it about themselves. And you really do see that. And I think that Alana is a great character in the show. But when she hears about Connor's death, it kind of feels Mm. like she takes it upon herself to, you know, she felt really bad and it's such a tragedy. And I was like, you didn't really know him and you weren't really friends with him. And it's, it becomes an interesting dynamic in, you know, she wants to be the, vice president or something and it's kind of like ah hmm okay I don't know how I feel about the way you've approached that and I think this is the thing about all the characters no one is good and everyone is perfect ugly and that's what they it's like and that's exactly what it's trying to say it's like everyone is quite ugly in the way that they can they can be a really lovely person but everyone does ugly things or things that um, they perceive to be being doing the right thing or, or or things, especially with Alana's character, you can see that so much. But it's it's also that no one's perfect. Evan isn't perfect. He is, you know, he he's innocent yeah. at first, but then he gets so wrapped up in everything that he ends up becoming ugly because of it and and he changes so much during the whole show. It's quite a huge um, progression, character progression. Yeah. And I think, like you said, they are, like Alana is still a really good person. And, you know, behind it all, it's because she wants to help people that she kind of takes advantage of the situation. Um, But social media does play such an impact and it has, and something that we wanted to talk about was it has its positive and its negative impacts. Like the positive was, you know, the Connor project, bringing awareness, just how many people Mm. in the show and in real life that affected, bringing that awareness to it and asking people like, are you okay? And being there for everyone, even if they're not your best friend in the world, just, you know, letting them know that you're there for them and that no one deserves to be forgotten. Um, forgotten. <laughs> um, but, and you really do see that and you see the positives and the negative effects that social media has. Like Connor suddenly, not Connor, sorry, Evan gets this attention and it helps his confidence a little yes. bit. It boosts him a little bit. But it also fuels him to kind of continue with this lie and charade rather than coming clean, which would have, you know, if he came clean at that point in time, it still would have been awful and there still would have been a lot of consequences, but it would have been a little bit easier, I think, for him and the family, whereas he kept going. Yeah, that's the thing that's like really, it's 
that's a hard thing for him because mm-hmm. he as a character progresses and becomes so much better. He, you can see his mental health improving throughout yeah. the show, which is very interesting because he gets to this point where he's created everything that he's ever wanted and he's got the girl, he's got a family who is supporting him and loving him, all the things that he wanted. And it actually, it's kind of weird because he does improve and this is everything he ever wanted, but he got it through lying. He didn't get it through... Um, being a truthful person and it's not real it's all fake yeah so it and then when that all crumbles away you see at the end of the show where he kind of comes to this realization it's like no I deserve to be happy and I deserve these these things and I'm able to get these things I've put limitations on myself but I'm able to get these things now I need to do it in a way like I need to heal from this and then I need to do it in a way that um, is truthful and honest and really looking at the people who care about you rather than yeah not like the people who actually care about you rather than going about it with all the people that love and care about you but it's because of a lie not because of actual truth yeah and I think that you really do see that and you also see him crossing this boundary of he kind of gets a little bit lost in what's real and what was fake and also any time that it was brought up like you kind of then he there are times when he can get quite aggressive about it and you can tell that that's kind of the anxiety of fueling him of having to tell the truth and because he like you said he does he kind of gets everything you want and it's kind of it's really quite sad because you see his mental health and his confidence building and he gets better but like you said it's all fake and he didn't necessarily get it by finding happiness in himself and those who care about him and those that want to be around him and I think there's definitely an odd dynamic with Connor's mum as well that kind of takes him on as being her own child and that really hurts in the process and so everyone really everyone that's in the kind of close you know even Jared like they kind of all get hurt in the process of this but they all add to the lie oh yeah they fuel the fire. Yeah. It's, it's definitely like the social media aspect is very interesting because they comment a lot on how you that entity belongs to the internet. Like you belong, your story, it belongs on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where really it starts to spiral is when they bring social media in and how they, they comment on its toxicity in that way of like young people and feeling like you have to give everything out to the public and everything is public knowledge Mm -hmm. and that's when it actually really starts to spiral a lot because Evan could have just gone you know what it's just only a couple people that know this I should come clean but then once it accidentally becomes like public and like Alana pushes it public and when his video goes viral and it's it, it speaks on viral culture as well yeah. of how like how how toxic that mm-hmm. culture is and so it's really it's quite oh, it's just a really interesting musical in in the way that it looks at so many different themes as within one show like the mental health about how social media feeds into that and how family dynamics feed into it it's not just one thing that forces either Connor or Evan to do bad things um it's a myriad of different elements of life that force them to do that it's not like he uh, evan went into it going yeah i'm gonna use this to my best of my ability 
it was really his social anxiety in that that uh, kind of got him stuck in this place because, you know, Connor's mum had the letter that was actually Evan's letter to himself that he writes at the beginning of the show. And she made this assumption that for someone with anxiety, it would be so hard to, in front of this family who have just lost a son, who have gone through so much to say, actually, no, I wasn't his friend. And so for that brief moment, Mm. he is stuck in this place and he just goes with it. And it's kind of where it all starts. Yeah, I think if I was in that situation, I wouldn't know what to do. Like, obviously, I would think I would say that I would tell the truth. But because he has such a like, you know, he has anxiety and that would be very, very difficult for someone to be like, no and how it plays out you can see mm-hmm. exactly why he oh, did the thing he did yeah and he's he, also embarrassed that it's the letter that he wrote yeah and, and the girl that he likes okay for when you're in high school right the the person that you like is such a visceral thing that's like they cannot find out that i like them yeah. this is so like it cannot happen and so like even that as an extra added on not just the suicide and not just the things that he wrote in it because it also um it also shows that he's also depressed and he's not in a good headspace as no. well. So I understand why he did the thing he mm-hmm. did because it's like, I, I think for him it was really tough to be like, yes, this is exactly how I'm feeling. And yeah. and, um, and there was a lot of pressure in that moment as well for him. That's mm. what they wanted to hear. And they put it upon him that they wanted him to have been Connor's friend. And how can you yes. tell a grieving family no like it kind of it's so hard and the anxiety plays a part in that and you can see in that moment the pressure building up coming from them and within Evan of that anxiety and having to make the the choice of what do I say and the girl that I have a crush on is there and I wrote about her in this letter and this was my letter that I wrote to myself about my anxiety and these random people that I don't even know have read it and you can see all that build up because the mannerisms really really come out in that moment exactly you do see in the songs of the show um how connor's and evans and everyone's kind of mental state is like one of my absolute favorite songs in the show and i think look i think everybody loves this song because it hurts so much and you feel in Mm. the song watching it you feel what evan is going through in words fail where it kind of is almost also a reflection of that first moment in the school office when evan didn't know what to say in response to this family you know he talks about not wanting to make it such a mess and this song it goes through its waves it goes through quite a manic phase where he is so scared the fact that he has to tell the truth of a truth that was kind of forced upon him, but he also went along By with this it. Family. Yeah, and so and it's a journey. That song is a journey as well. Like is. on stage, it like starts where he talks to the family, and then he's like talking to himself, and then he's like, and then he goes to his mom. Like it's like a whole a whole journey, which yeah. I really enjoyed because it was like it's such a long song, and so it's really lovely. Like the words, it, it doesn't feel that way because the words are so um, mm-hmm. poignant and, and it's like so raw because it's literally yeah. what he's feeling. Like it's, he's like literally telling the truth now. It's a song that it hurts when you listen to it because you mm, feel like, cause it does. whether it be exactly the same or to that extreme or lesser than that, we've all kind of been through a similar experience where we fibbed or we've stretched the truth a little bit and comes a time when we have to admit that that wasn't quite 
truth. So I think the songs of this show have just impact constantly, whether it be a happy impact or a sadder impact. It just, but that's like, for me, one of my favorite songs. Can I just say, one of my favorite parts, things about this show is actually how it is also funny. Like, mm-hmm. I know we've hopped on about all the mental health, but it's actually so funny. And I, I think that the part where they do Sincerely Me oh is gosh. hilarious. <laughs> I love that song. It's so funny. Like, cause it, 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 um, and that's why the show is so impactful because it, it makes, it has like light moments, but then it has its really, dark and and um real moments yeah. but without those comedic moments it just wouldn't it wouldn't have the same uh, impact the it'd show just be like just i am hurt. sitting here depressed the whole time yeah. like you know and i think also that's sincerely me is such a great song that also shows about kind of how little evan communicates with people and how little he knows about people in general like the whole bit where yes. they're talking about <laughs> drugs and about how the fact that yeah, connor got so- high and he, I can't even remember exactly what he says, but he like talks about meth and stuff. And Jared is just like, no, that's not. It's no. something about like smoking, smoking drugs. Or drugs. If I stop yeah, smoking, smoking crack, drugs. And it's like, ever <laughs> know, stopped- that's, that's not how that works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so, so good. Something else that I think is very interesting. This is actually, we posted on our Instagram as well if there was any topics that you guys wanted us to talk about. And. One of our listeners sent us a message asking us who our favorite Evan was. Ooh. So, I mean, well, it's kind of hard because, you know, you have Ben Platt. I mean, sorry, I'm just going to put it out there. It's Ben Platt all the way. Are you kidding me? I've seen Jordan Fisher's, like, clips and I'm still, like, and I mean, um, is it, oh, what's his name? Oh, the 16-year-old. Oh, um, Andrew Bath. Andrew Bath. I think that he's probably, like, great for the role as well because I've seen him do a couple things I'm sure he's awesome but I'm still like I can't get past Ben Platt I just can't he's his mannerisms are just so unique and they're so to him and I feel like he is Evan like there's just no other Evan in my mind what about you Tori so my favorite Evan Hansen look it's hard because you know Ben Platt phenomenon Mm. like phenomenal (sighs) he did that role so well and obviously every Evan does it you know has does it a little bit differently which is something we are going to talk about but I think my favorite because it was the Evan that I saw I'm gonna say his name wrong but Taylor Trench he was the Evan that I saw on Broadway and oh it just it just kills you like watching ah just watching him sing words fail just like I was just bawling my eyes out because I was like, I feel you. I know that just overwhelming (laughs) sense of anxiety. And I mean, it's, it's so hard, but I would say that Ben Platt, Taylor Trench, my favorite, obviously Andrew Bath, I think is a great testament to age accurate casting. No, I agree. He's a good testament to the age casting, which is definitely something that we wanted to discuss is the fact that while we're here, may as well discuss casting. Um, he is really interesting because he won the, uh, what's it called again, where it's like high schoolers and you win a special, what's it called? The Jimmy Awards. 
Jimmy Awards. There we go. The Jimmy Awards. So we watched. I watched them in the Jimmy Awards, and and after the Jimmy Awards, they blew up so much, and he ended up going on as Evan in Dear Evan Hansen and he was the youngest Evan ever and he was actually age accurate Evan which I find is such an interesting concept should we be um casting you know 16 year olds in these roles because it is very emotionally heavy it's so emotionally heavy and it's and it's physically taxing so I wonder if is it in the best interests of of that child because it's still a child yeah. to be playing this role because it's um he doesn't like leave the stage at all i think it's really a testament to casting the right person for the role regardless of mm. age unless it's a thing where you know it's like a 37 year old and they really don't look like they can pass for 16 <laughs> i think it's about casting the right person for the role regardless of age or ethnicity or religious background it's casting the role as it is and should be to whoever is going to tell the story how the producers and the directors want it to be told and I think he definitely did that but I do think oh it's yeah 100 definitely especially a role like Evan Hansen it is so emotionally draining like, I yeah, honestly that's, that's don't know how question. after that show, you can just like, you would have to take so much time just for yourself to kind of be like, become yourself again, to kind of yeah. step away from And Evan. also still doing high school. Yeah. Like. <laughs> it's like Presley Ryan, who went on and who was the cover for Lydia on Beetlejuice and then went on to become Lydia um, when yeah. the previous Lydia left. And that would be a lot because she's the same age. It's like she still goes to school. Yeah, it's not just Broadway. It's high school. Yeah. So I wonder, That's a, I, I think uh, that would be something very interesting. I mean, I think that's a whole thing that we can talk about. And we have talked about in the past is like the like um, safety for kids. Like, is mm. it necessarily the best thing mm-hmm. for that individual? And and I definitely think 16 is like at that older end of the things. Where yeah. It feels like that's that's it's not a bad thing um, because obviously they are more adult. Yeah. Yeah, and I think but, especially for kids, you know, and for young adults like Andrew, this is what they've always wanted. So they understand. And I think it's also learning to understand that balance, making sure you're getting your study done, you're getting sleep, you're doing what you need to do to take care of yourself whilst still working professionally on Broadway. And I think any younger than that, doing every night is probably tough. It would be too taxing. There was actually a second part to one of uh, one of the questions we got asked um, by you guys. What makes it such an impactful musical? I think we've kind of already answered that question. I think pretty we well. have. Uh, it's it is the thing of you know, and something else we're going to get into: actions and consequences. It's powerful music. It's a story that people young and um, older can relate to because whether you've only experienced anxiety mildly or those kinds of things lightly, we still understand the feeling. Yeah. Well, let's talk about consequences then. Oh, Because I yes. agree. I think we've definitely touched on that. Tori, you had a, such an interesting view of this. Can yeah. you share yeah. it? It's not actually my view, because I personally think that Evan, like the consequences of the show are fair. 
And because, you know, there's a lot of emotional trauma that goes along with the telling of that truth, not only for Evan, not only for his family, but for Connor's family and for his friends as well. But I read an article when I was doing some research into Dear Evan Hansen that someone from an older generation felt that there wasn't enough consequences for the actions of the show that there wasn't enough public consequences, like that the public should have been told that Evan made this all up. And I think Mm. that's really interesting. I spoke to my mom about it, who I actually saw the show with, and she completely disagrees. She thinks that the consequences that were kind of served in the show were enough because of the emotional trauma of that. Like that does so much to Evan and it does so much to Connor's family to kind of find out that it was all a lie. But I thought it was really interesting that this person thought that the public should know that Evan lied. And it kind of leans itself into cancel culture a little bit, which I do not agree with at all. I do not know. I think it also, maybe it's it's different age demographics as well. Exactly. And like you said, it's like, I feel like, Maybe us now, we understand the emotional toll that that took and and the consequences that he took on himself, not necessarily... um, I mean, he lost the girl. He Mm -hmm. lost the family. He lost everything that he he had gotten. I think that that... That is consequence, and and he did suffer from mental things, and he, you know what I mean. Like yeah. there is consequence in there, but for a modern audience of like our age, I think we can see the consequences slight. Maybe we see the consequences slightly different to an older demographic, and maybe that's why. I think that's, that was how they felt. I think that's exactly it, and I think it, obviously, like, let us know what you guys think. Do you think that the consequences were yeah. just? Should there have been more? But also what I think is important to realize is that if they had have made it public, how much, how badly would that affect Connor's family? Who He might even himself have committed suicide. Do you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. he, he was Evan, wrapped yeah. up in all these, these, yeah, Evan himself. Like, is that the consequence that we need? But you do face a thing towards the end of the show where you do find out that Evan didn't fall out of the tree, that he let go of the tree and kind of opens up the exactly. question of things that are not um, spoken of in the show and it's not confirmed nor denied whether he was trying to take his own life. Did he want to hurt himself for attention from his mum or, you know, you, you don't really know that. But you do have to think about the fact that if they had gone public with that, what would have happened to Evan? How would that have yeah, impacted like- him? How would that have impacted Heidi? The family, like, there are so many things to take into consideration. And the family ultimately were the ones to decide not to say anything because Evan was waiting for it. He was waiting for the ball to drop and the family didn't want to go through anymore. And they were so happy with what had become of the Connor Project and how many people it was helping as well. Yeah, it's that thing of, like, the Connor Project was helping so many people, but... Also on the flip side, the family might also realize they obviously could tell that he's suffering himself from Mm -hmm. some sort of mental, um, something mentally. And would they, they wouldn't want anything to happen to Evan because they've already been through so much themselves. Mm -hmm. So why would they, why would they announce that to everyone? Because they've already been through so much. It would lead. Yeah, they don't want to put another... They don't want to see another child go through what Connor did. Yeah. But personally, I think we can both agree that 
the consequences that were dealt were fair and any more than that it would have ended quite badly i think i think in terms of the show as well being a show that was a good way to end could have ended i think it was and we have discussed this show in a lot of depth today i think there is still so much more that tori and i could talk about this show so of course if you want a part two to this let us know there is a lot of stuff like the connor zoe evan issue the fact that connor you know he dies quite early in the show but is still there throughout the entire show. Is that a mental thing? Mm, Is that just a directorial choice to include the actor in the rest of the show? There are so many more things that we could talk about. But let us know what you guys think if we... If there was anything that you agreed with, anything that you disagreed with. And of course, as always, if there was anything that, you know, we said incorrectly or wasn't quite right, please do let us know because, you know, we're obviously constantly growing and learning and we're so glad to have such an awesome community of listeners behind us to grow with us. But I think uh, we should do a little cheeky uh, bedtime story. I think we shall do a cheeky bedtime story. What, uh, which one are we, are we thinking today, Tori? So today's bedtime story was sent in by one of our listeners who would prefer to remain anonymous. Now, this is a little bit of a tricky story, so follow along with us. So they say, I was playing a lead role in a pantomime. The scene was that we were in a forest looking for the main character who was missing. We'll call her Blue. It was my character, my character's brother, the love interest of Blue, and Blue's mum. That's a lot of characters. (laughs) Basically, we were thinking of different ways to look for Blue, and one of the ideas was to look for people in the audience to help us, and make fun of them, saying things like, they are very handsome, but they look very weak, and stuff like that. Anyway, Blue's mum targets a man sitting in the front row and starts calling him weak and stuff. And she was getting really into it. So like usual, I was giggling my head off. Basically, she gets this man up on stage to do push-ups and starts making fun of him. And I was so confused because we were really spending a lot of time on this one scene. It gets to the point that we have to count how many push-ups he was doing and I'm dying of laughter. And once we've embarrassed the heck out of this man, they sent him back to his seat and it was my line. So my mic was on, but I just kept laughing. The audience had kind of stopped laughing, but I couldn't stop. And at this point, everyone is looking at me like I laughed so hard that I snorted. And the entire audience heard it (laughs) and a few people laughed. To make matters worse, I tripped over walking off stage because I was wearing ridiculous chorus heels. That show was not my best. Anyway, it turned out that the push-up dude was the MD's husband and we just didn't know it. Oh, I love that. Which is, oh my gosh. <laughs> That's so I don't, fun. I don't know how I would deal with improv scenes in a, in a show. I would, I would love to say that I would do well. I think if you got into the gist of it a little bit more. That was amazing. Thank you so much to that person for sending that in. We, we love that story. Yes. But... Anyway, you guys, 
that is it for today's episode. But please do let us know if you have suggestions for our next deep dive or if you want a part two episode of Dear Evan Handsome Deep Dive. Mm. But let us know. We had such a great time chatting to you guys about all things Dear Evan Hansen. It has been a blast and so good to be able to talk in depth about a show that I feel like Tori and I both really, really love. And obviously you guys all love as well because you voted for. But um, thank you guys so much for listening and stay happy, healthy and safe. And we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode and we hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts and to send us your bedtime stories and stage door Sunday pics. We also would love to hear your feedback on the episode and what you'd like to hear from us in the future. You can let us know on our Instagram at ps.stagedoorpod, via our email at ps.stagedoor.podcast at gmail.com or contact us via our website, psstagedoorpodcast.com. We love hearing from you and we will see you next time. Bye! Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.